This is Push to Talk, the Health Push podcast. I'm Dr. Afos Uwabamwen, and for this episode, I'm sitting down with Ali Jaffe of Nutritank. Ali Jaffe and Ian Broadley, both medical students at the University of Bristol, co-founded Nutritank, a student-run organization aimed at changing the approach to nutrition education in medical schools, GP surgeries, hospitals, and homes across the UK. They've been featured on platforms such as BBC News, BBC Radio 4, and appeared on television with Jamie Oliver. During this episode, we discuss misinformation on social media, what we can do to improve our daily nutrition, and why doctors are often so reluctant to prescribe lifestyle interventions to patients. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, feel free to drop a rating and a comment. Let's get into the episode. Tell us a little bit about Nutritank. I gave you an introduction there, sure. but I guess you can tell me more than I can tell you about <laughs> it. <laughs> sure thing. So yeah, it's a shame my co-founder Ian can't be here today, yeah. but he's very busy in his final year. And so I will speak on both of our behalves, but essentially Ian and I are very passionate about this cause. And we met when we were both in second year of university at Bristol. Mm-hmm. He was a two-in-one student because um, he's postgraduate, and so I hadn't seen him in first year. And I was running a nutrition and medicine interest group at the time, and um, Ian came along to one of the meetings, and we started chatting at the end. Um, we were just so in sync and aligned with our kind of vision of where we believe healthcare should be going in the UK and how important. Uh, preventative medicine is, um, as well as using nutrition and lifestyle interventions to actually manage chronic illness. And we were both just completely dismayed that within our education thus far, we hadn't received any sort of education around this when we've read and educated ourselves in all the papers that were available, all the studies that have been done in the States and other research centers, as well as attending conferences and supporting and following a lot of um, doctors, dietitians and nutritionists um, promoting this cause. And so we thought, you know what, scrap the nutrition and medicine um, interest group, let's make a big platform that can go nationwide and that can really be able to um, engage as many medical schools and students across the country as well as trainee doctors. So we did it, and um, in our wildest dreams, we never imagined um, how successful it's been and how um, rewarding it would be. And we're super passionate and grateful for the privilege um, and the platform and voice we now have. It's a collective voice. Um, We have a huge team, and it's not just the two of us. We've got an amazing committee who help us. And... We never thought we'd be on TV with Jamie Oliver and wishing him a Merry Christmas (laughs) each year since. And um, yeah, it was amazing. Last last June, we won the BBC Food and Farming uh, New Talent Award. Amazing. And it's just been a bit of a roller coaster. I can't can't even imagine. (laughs) So so at this point, how many years has Nutritrank been up and running? So since 2016, 2016, but it started making waves in about 2017. 2017. Yeah. So where did you even start? Because you're a medical student and obviously you have this knowledge, you have this concept um, that you're very passionate about, but 
that's very different from bringing something from the idea stage to the stage of actualization. So how was that process? So um, we were so fueled with kind of adrenaline and, and passion. We kind of just made it happen really quickly. And I'd say the biggest kind of, the biggest help was social media. Yeah. And yes, it gets slated, but it's just unbelievably efficient and helpful when you've got an idea and you want to kind of Connect engage as many people yeah. as possible. So we started off founding um, the first branch in Bristol and holding events. And then we just put out loads of feelers to other medical schools and medical students we knew, friends of friends, housemates, friends. Do you know someone at the University of Birmingham that's interested in this? Do you think they'd be interested in leading a branch? This was all over Facebook. And then we started making groups through the Nutritank Facebook page that we could manage and invite people to become admins. So it all was very much virtual. Um, and then people just assembled. They started putting in all the paperwork to the student union to get the societies uh, affiliated. And then from an idea, we had like, you know, 10 branches in the first few months. And wow. now we're on about 25, which- 25? It's great. How many medical schools are there in the UK? It's there are 32. Apparently, I think there are like three more opening this year. Yeah. So you're pretty much nationwide at this point. Yeah. Um, so you touched on social media, the mm -hmm. good side of it, quote unquote. <laughs> um, let's talk a little bit about misinformation on social media. Sure. So in the past few years, we've seen a rise in the number of health and wellness and fitness, that kind of yeah. account on not only um, Instagram, but even like Twitter, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Um, things promoting products like flat tummy teas or have an eight pack in two weeks if you drink this or eat this or mm. do this workout. Um, do you think social media needs regulation in the health and wellness space? And mm. if so, how would you go about doing that? I absolutely believe social media needs regulation in the health and, and wellness sphere. And just as we regulate titles such as dietitian and doctor and nurse through the qualifications we do, we need to ensure that the social media um, regulators look at the titles of the people that are putting out the information. And um, one of the biggest problems is anyone can be a nutritionist yeah. and the fact that even after petitions, um, the title still hasn't been regulated, but essentially it's not a protected um, uh, job title in the same way dietitian is. Yeah. So anyone can do from a two week diploma to a public health and nutrition degree at UCL, and they're still kind of on the, a par and able to disseminate information. And so I think that's a big error because that's where misinformation generates from. Um, but equally, doctors um, who are qualified and who are talking about nutrition online should also potentially be regulated. Yeah. Because uh, like we campaign for, doctors and medical students aren't taught enough about nutrition. So for them to talk about nutrition, they need to do things like what Hazel Wallace has done, um, and done a public health degree in um, at UCL in, in public health and nutrition and Rupi doing his master's in nutritional medicine because 
Otherwise, we're just kind of going round in circles. And so the information needs to come from an evidence basis and f from a credible source. Yeah, that's Hazel Wallace, the food medic yeah. on Instagram. Okay. And Rupee's uh, Doctor's Kitchen. How did you find time in, in the initial stages? Because you said you were reaching out to um, friends of friends, that kind of thing. Um, but once it started to kind of snowball mm -hmm. and suddenly you're in charge of essentially this nationwide organization, how are you allocating time for NutriTank and studies and also having a life? <laughs> sure. Um, I say now it's a lot better, but I think in the beginning we were so fueled by um, our energy and kind of zest to make a difference to UK healthcare that um, we potentially did burn ourselves a little bit mm. out along the way, but never too detrimentally. And we were still practicing what we preach and eating well and um, <laughs> exercising, but perhaps the sleep pillar was uh, <laughs> slightly mm. uh, misplaced. Burning the candle at both ends. Yeah, <laughs> but um, we really, we really just found time because I think when you're so passionate about something. Um, you kind of just integrate it into your everyday life. Like exactly. if I was walking somewhere from like a hospital to a clinic or whatever, you know, luckily phones are so accessible in like your break times. Have like I was always sending pocket. emails. <laughs> yeah, um, I never let it impact my social interaction, but um, I would really like make phone calls and lunch breaks and send emails and stuff like that. And like before I woke up in the morning, I'd send a few emails and, you know, it, it was doable. It was just a bit of a stretch at times, but we had a lot of senior support, which was fantastic. We had a huge basis in Bristol of GPs with an interest in lifestyle medicine or integrative medicine, preventative medicine, whatever you want to call it, who we'd listened to um, their lectures or we'd been in clinic with them and um, we got them on board to be part of our expert panel um, got them to deliver talks to us and help us with resources. And they were so kind and supportive and sometimes helped us um, with all sorts of queries. Yeah. And then we just carried on meeting people, connecting with people. Um, and now we work in a coalition with um, Culinary Medicine UK, which is Dr. Rupi Orgula's uh, social enterprise. Um, and we work alongside NEDPRO now, which is a Cambridge think nutritional think tank uh, run by Professor Samantha Ray. And so we're now in this huge kind of network where the work's delegated, we know what our role is, and it's just been wonderful to have that support yeah, and shared vision. Mm. Uh, so how would you describe integrative medicine? So integrative medicine is actually not that new. In the States, it's been going for a really long time. Mm. And um, Dr. Andrew Wheel at the University of Arizona um, has like one of the biggest integrative medicine centers in the world. And so he founded that years and years ago. Um, and a lot of uh, UK doctors that I know in our network have actually gone to the States and got the integrative medicine diploma. Integrative medicine does include diet, lifestyle, physical activity, sleep, and looking at the patient as a whole. But it also takes into account spirituality, mind-body approach, the patient's belief system, as well as complementary complementary medicine, 
um, herbalism, homeopathy, and things like that. Whereas something like lifestyle medicine is just the four that I mentioned, really. So there's sometimes dispute between integrative and lifestyle and all of this because, you know, some have the herbalism and homeopathic measures as well and the acupuncture and this. But um, for us, we try not to, you know, stay in any camp and kind of um, brand ourselves with one thing and uh, one school of thought because we just want to show what the evidence shows. And so um, we look at all the papers and um, all the studies and that's what we try and disseminate. So what is what exactly would you like to change about um, nutrition education in medical schools? We would love for it to be integrated into the teaching of all the specialties. So the National um, Institute of Care and Excellence, NICE, um, with all their chronic disease guidelines, the first line um, in management is actually to offer diet and lifestyle advice. However, it's very rarely done and it's mostly overlooked because according to our surveys um, that we uh, did on trainee doctors and medical students, they feel that it's not that due to lack of time that they're not able to offer diet and life, lifestyle advice, it's due to a lack of confidence, due to a lack of education. So. We want that first line um, in management to really, really be emphasized and that the teaching teaching is obviously paramount and we see nutrition as a strand like physiology, biochemistry, anatomy, pharmacology, um, et cetera, that um, we see it as a strand that should be integrated into the different medical systems that are taught to the medical students. So within your cardiovascular system, you learn about nutrition for heart health, within gastrointestinal, nutrition for gut health, within psychiatry, nutritional, psychiatry, food and mood, all that kind of thing. We see it as being integrated rather than standalone because as we all know, when medical students learn a standalone module, it usually goes over the head. So um, that's what we hope for. And we also hope that when medical students learn consultation skills, and this is something we're very passionate about, the power of motivational interviewing is really given a lot of teaching time and learning how to connect with the patient, see where they're at, meet them where they're at, and make useful suggestions on how they can alter their lifestyle in baby steps within the context of their religion, their their cultural background, their financial means, etc., And that when they're taking a history, when they're clocking their patients, they're asking in the social history about how many cigarettes does a patient smoke a day? How often do they drink? Why can't they ask them about their diet? Are they eating processed foods? Are they eating ready meals? Or what's going on with them? So why do you think it's been ignored for so long? Because clearly the evidence is there. Um, mm-hmm. yet it's just something that's just seen as almost frivolous in a lot of senses. Mm-hmm. Um, why do you think that is? Yeah, it's interesting. Um, so it's still very much, you know, there's still very much a lot of contention around nutrition because um, some doctors and mainly some senior doctors I've spoken to still view it as a pseudoscience because the media have essentially propelled this kind of 
um, grey area for the general public in terms of what they can believe about nutrition. With something like the Daily Mail, one day they're saying tomatoes can kill you. The next day they're saying tomatoes can, you know, Cure give you... This or that. Yeah, are good for prostate cancer, have lycopene, whatever. So the fact that it keeps changing wherever the wind blows has created so much frustration within the medical world, within the nutrition world, within the dietetics world, that I think the general public have been very um, confused and doctors themselves are confused. And so when something's too confusing and you've got so little time, it kind of just gets put aside just because there's easiest. not been any structural approach or any yeah. kind of you know, great attention to how can we just dispel the myths, give simple messages and get on with it. Because the Lancet, BMJ, you name it, nutrition worldwide is a leading cause of death. Malnutrition, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. So I think there's just been so much confusion. And the problem is when you speak to seniors who are like, what's all this nonsense? Why, why are you telling me about um, talking to my patients about food? They haven't been taught it themselves, so they don't understand the importance. So it's not on their radar and within their toolkit to, you know, put to practice with their patients or to teach to the medical students and training doctors that they're associated with either. So where do you see NutriTank going from this point forward? Like, where, like in what direction are you aiming to develop? Sure. I'm glad you asked. We've got a fantastic new website coming out in the next month or so. And essentially, it's compiled all our hard work and where we aim to go with the future. It's displaying all these nutrition and medicine courses that we've had licensed to us by amazing universities and organisations for discounted fees to our NutriTank members so that people in the general public can learn a course that's suitable for them and healthcare professionals can learn a course suitable for them as well until this is actually made mandatory. Mm. So um, on our website, we've also got an interactive map that shows the number of Nutritank branches we've got nationwide, as well as our international ambassadors in Poland and the Netherlands who are doing a similar thing, as well as all the food and farming organizations in the UK um, and food charities, food bank charities that are doing brilliant work um, that you can get involved in depending on what city you're in. And we're encouraging people to um, interact with them, to connect with the organisations in their city. And then if they're an organisation that wants to be featured on the map and work alongside us, then they can fill out this form. And so essentially where Nutritank's going to go, we want to be the leading platform um, to uh, the leading food, nutrition and health hub um, uh, in the country. And, and we really hope to connect and align as many, of health, as many of the healthcare professionals as we can, start the conversation amongst them, as well as celebrity chefs, um, influencers, and make sure that the information is regulated, we'll carry on campaigning and um, being part of policy change conversations, which we're already a part of, and yeah. So will NutriTank remain as a student-run organization, or will it kind of move with yourself and Ian as you move into full-time medicine as practicing doctors? So the central operations will remain with Ian and I and our current team who will all be qualified, but the branches will always be run by medical schools awesome. and medical students. So. 
Um, there are loads of opportunities and loads of options to connect no matter what level you are. What would you say are your top three rules for nutrition? Like what can somebody do sure. today to improve their nutrition? Sure. Um, I'd say number one, think in terms of real foods. Try not to think in terms of macronutrient nomenclature, which basically mm. means food groups and um, viewing foods as carbs or protein or whatever, then you just lose sight of a food's overall capacity to provide you with multiple nutrients. So I think think in terms of real food and um, don't be restrictive. Don't, um, Don't kind of have a try and control your relationship and negative thoughts and decision-making you have around food, as hard as it is sometimes. Um, But don't blame yourself or get lost in a cycle if you do make, if for you, you don't feel like you're um, eating well enough at the moment because there's always opportunity to change and there are really easy steps to make, um, simple changes. And three, I think to just eat, variety eat loads of different colored veggies um they all have loads of amazing phytonutrients and um eat eat more fiber because the uk population aren't that great at that so keep the skin on your veggies don't get them off don't have processed um carbohydrates and what's a processed carbohydrate just uh sure someone like the difference yeah so um Something like brown rice, brown rice versus white rice. So a rice granule has an outer coating, and essentially, when it gets picked, um, the outer coating, um, if it's brown, it's still present, but if it's white, it's been removed, and so the fiber and the other crucial nutrients have been removed in that outer coating and then it becomes a processed like white rice granule that then spikes your um, sugar levels higher because you don't have the nutrients to um, have it as a slow releasing carbohydrate and so you have a higher spike and then it leads to more um, blood sugar imbalance. Um, so it is a medical student organization, but how can people outside of medicine, outside of medical schools, get involved with what you're doing? Sure. So like I mentioned on our new website, we're going to have an area where our Tank members can take part in courses to educate themselves. And we have ones that don't have any of the annoying medical words um, <laughs> that they can get involved in. And if they run an initiative to do with food and awareness around health. Um, um, they can uh, get involved with us and be featured on our map. Um, they can also write a blog with us, blog for us if they're a patient that has experienced positive lifestyle changes with their chronic illness. Um, we love hearing from people um, to hear their stories. And um, we also work with uh, local primary schools. Um, so our Nutritank branches across the country, we run um, an initiative called Food for Thought that gets our Nutritank medical school volunteers going into their local primary schools 
to teach uh, kids around healthy eating. Uh, so that's a fantastic initiative if anyone is um, keen to get involved with. And we're always open to ideas and um, are interested in what the public's views are and how they think that things can be made different. Yeah, awesome. And meeting Jamie Oliver, <laughs> like, that's uh, that's actually, it sounds insane to me. I can't even imagine meeting him. It's like yeah. meeting Michael Jordan or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> how was that? How was that whole experience being on television, um, interacting with him, yeah. him actually being interesting, li- interested in listening to what you have to say? Because obviously we grew up yeah. watching Jamie Oliver on TV, yeah. going into schools and taking our chicken nuggets away, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. So <laughs> what was that like as an, as an experience? Oh, he's just the greatest dude ever. I'm just such a fan and like, he's just such an amazing mentor. We still speak to him like, re- like loads and are really close with his team. We're still working with his campaigns team on our campaign, Nutrition for Medics, which we did off the back of the show that we featured on. Um, We just think he's the greatest. He was so charming and so funny and just like put us so at ease. And like, we just had like a proper fun time filming with him and like, we made that stir fry dish. Then we all, uh, Jimmy, Jamie, myself, and him, we just all ate it off the same plate. And <laughs> it was during the World Cup, and we were just singing "It's Coming Home," and <laughs> it didn't come home, it didn't unfortunately. Come home, <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame. We had an absolute blast with him, and he's just always around to answer our questions and help us where he can, even mm. though he's a very, very busy man. Yeah, yeah. but um, he's a dream. <laughs> <laughs> Um, So I noticed on your Instagram over the new year, you spent some time um, at Botanical Gardens in South Africa. How was that? So beautiful. Hmm. Uh, Yeah, so my parents are South African, so I go and visit my family um, as much as I can out there. And um, I always try and do something um, around herbalism Uh, because I'm just so interested in what nature has to offer. And so I went to this wonderful botanical garden and um, it's just lovely to see like fresh chili and um, ginger and turmeric all being grown and all their interesting fruits that they have over there that we don't Mm. and that we shouldn't be buying here because it's not seasonal. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, whenever I get the opportunity to travel, I try and do something with gardens or farming and... um, a couple summers ago, I went to work on a farm in um, Texas, just outside of Austin. I've also wow. got family there. Um, so I was I went as part of this organization called WOOF, which stands for Worldwide Opportunities on Organic Farms. And essentially, it's like Tinder for farming um, <laughs> opportunities. You make a profile, upload a picture, say where your interests are, and then you look at um, the farms are interested in the specific country. They've got them all over the world. And if the family like you and want you to volunteer, you have a chat and like, then you can connect. And so I spent a lot of time there. um, And I'm actually going back this summer. I spent a lot of time there, like cultivating the plants, um, making plant medicine tinctures and just all sorts of bits, kombucha from scratch. And it was just so much fun. I love it. <laughs> Do you think it's a realistic goal for people to be completely self-sustained in what they grow and eat? Living in the UK, 
or living in like a city uh, probably not mm. like the uk just because of the temperature and accessibility and things like that if you're in a city and it's still going to travel from a farm and stuff yeah um but i think there are loads of like startups that are coming through now like there's this one in farm that we might be working with that are trying to make farming more um, urban farming more um possible and by having like stacked farming that doesn't take up as much space so you can grow your um, oh, plants wow. at home yeah. yeah yeah so never know <laughs> never say never so what should we be looking out for from NutriTank um, in the upcoming weeks months yeah so we've got our new website coming out uh which is just nutritank.com so look out for announcements on our instagram which is um nutritank official uh that's the handle um our twitter is nutritank underscore info and in terms of social media we spoke about it already but what instagram accounts would you suggest to follow for someone looking to I would say passively educate themselves about nutrition sure. um, from reliable sources. So I'd say to follow um, Doctor's Kitchen. So that's Dr. Rupi Orgula. I'd say to follow the Food Medic, um, which is Dr. Hazel Wallace. Mm -hmm. I'd follow Med Ed Nutrition, which is um, an amazing account from one of our collaborators, Elaine, who is a dietitian who actually sits on the medical faculty board at Brighton University. Um, I'd follow Hello Healthy You underscore, which is Jenny Rosborough's, Jamie um, Oliver's nutritionist's account. Um, Jamie Oliver, obviously. <laughs> Who wouldn't want to follow him? Um, I'd follow the nutrition, um, the nutritional underscore advocate, which is Alan Flanagan. He was a previous barrister who's now turned into a nutritional scientist culinary medicine which is one of our collaborators and yeah just follow all our niche tank branches each of our niche tank branches have their own account so if you're in birmingham it's birmingham niche tank society etc so get involved awesome that's a lot of accounts to follow <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely not going to run out of content there <laughs> no, <laughs> thank you not. so much for being here yeah Ali. absolute pleasure thanks awesome. so much for having me We've come to the end of this episode of Push to Talk. I hope you found it as interesting as I did. Please do remember to subscribe on either iTunes or Spotify to be notified when new episodes are being released. You can find us on social media at Health Push and you can also find NutriTank at NutriTank underscore official. Thank you for listening and see you next time.